Wednesday edition of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We are grading your trades and, of course, talking about Starling Marte suspended 80 games. Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. So try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Tell you more about that in a little bit. Good morning, Scott and Chris. Combined, how many leagues do you, in how many leagues do you own Starling Marte? I own him in zero leagues. I also own him in zero, aided in part by playing in many leagues with Heath Cummings. <laughs> yeah, Heath has a lot. I don't think I have a single Starling Marte wow. share. And that is, I'm in five leagues. How many are you guys in? Fifteen, I think. That's more than five. I think I'm in eight. That's also more than five. Wow. All right. So, oh, oh for 28 in our three <laughs> leagues of Starling Marte. That's kind of <laughs> crazy, actually. Uh, well, I've yeah. got a lot of Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, that's so. that's bad because he's moving to center field. Chris, he's too old. It's not going to be able to take the uh, physical I, pounding. I disagree. I think it's going to make him more comfortable. Okay. Did you see what um, he said? You see what McCutcheon said when he caught that ball at the warning track yesterday? No. So he makes a really nice catch in center field, and he's all fired up, and he goes, "This is my spot." He was pumped up. So it is a spot. It is. A spot. <laughs> it is <laughs> now for eighty games. That for is sure. some. Uh, Glowing sensitivity there yeah. by Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> All right, let me let me give the layout of the show today. Starling Marte suspended. We'll talk about replacements both on the Pirates and on your waiver wire. Dusty Baker said, "quote This ain't working." End quote about his closer <laughs> situation. That's, a, that's an that's awesome quote. Funny... <laughs> yeah. Um. So it looks like Blake Trinan could be on his way out. Uh. Joe Ross is going to start today. He's 72% owned. You might want to grab him before it's too late. We'll talk about Severino. We'll talk about how in the world Andrew Triggs is doing this. Will there be a closer change in St. Louis? I'm going to ask you about a bunch of players and whether or not in two and a half weeks you're changing your mind on Kevin Gosman, Jonathan VR, Andrew Benintendi. Of course, we'll grade your trades. I want to dedicate about 10 minutes late in the show to grade the trade in emails. And, um, you know, Chad Cool, Zach Wheeler, Gunjin Ryu, Santiago Casilla, uh, much more from yesterday. Let's start with Marte. So this is probably something we could talk about for five or ten minutes. I think let's just kind of sum it up in, in two or three if we can. Uh, Scott, you wrote a very lengthy and very helpful story about it on the website. Let's start with this. Should fantasy owners stash Starling Marte, who will be, will be back Shortly after the All-Star break. I think, I think it's really going to depend if you're in, the, the way to gauge this is if you're in a league where prospects, a handful of prospects are being stashed in the hope they get called up at some point in the indefinite future, then you obviously have to stash Marte because that's a similar situation except with much more assurances attached to it. Um, so that would be a definite yes and that's probably true in in five outfielder roto leagues, the three outfielder leagues, and certainly the points leagues, where I felt like Marte was overrated to begin with, uh, it's, it's it's basically a flat no for me because like that's that roster spot is especially valuable this time of year. And what you'd hate to do is like put it off, put it off, put it off, and then finally give in on like June first or something halfway through when you mm-hmm. missed out on who knows how many players because you had been stashing Marte Just all this time. Pull the bandit off. Yeah. Yeah, be- bench size is obviously going to play a factor. It's going to be sort of a personal 
uh, decision whether or not you should, one, stash him, or two, try to trade for him in a seasonal league. And it depends on whether or not you think you're going to need that roster spot. We have a league with seven-man benches and five outfielders, and it's Roto. Of course, Marte is going to be owned. If somebody drops him in that league, someone else is going to pick him up. But in our podcast league, you know, five bench spots, three outfielders. He's not He's not great in points leagues. Uh, yeah, D. Gordon was on waivers in most of my leagues for most of last year, I'd say. So, mm-hmm. you know, I— can I can I ask you guys a question? I wanted to get your thoughts on this. When he comes back, will you view Starling Marte as a different player? No. No, I won't. Okay. I, I fully agree. I think for the most part, there's no reason to really be concerned about guys coming back from PEDs. Mm-hmm. You know, nearly all of them have maintained their previous level of performance. Some of them. Bartolo Colon, Nelson Cruz have even gotten better. Hmm? Nelson Cruz was yeah, the guy. yeah, wasn't he? Yep, he was, and then he got that discount deal for Baltimore for one yeah. year. Oh, oh, okay. All yeah, right. he, I, it was I like right before his that. breakout. Melky Cabrera is another guy who's been just as good, if not better. I, you know, these are anecdotal evidence, but the only example I can think of of a player who had a PED suspension and it just crushed him when he came back, he was not the same as Everth Cabrera. Who, you know, that was, that was less than a full season of production anyway. Melky Cabrera, you know, he wasn't competing for batting titles anymore, but he was still productive. Uh, and, and just about everyone else was basically the same. If there was any decline, it was more age related than anything else, like, you know, A-Rod or. Yeah. And I was, I was actually, cause I was thinking about this with like D Gordon to go on a little bit of a tangent is that like pitchers are being much more aggressive with him he hasn't walked yet this season he's getting a a lot higher rate of pitches in the strike zone and i wonder if pitchers are just like ah this guy's not on peds anymore i can challenge him more and i'm not sure that's necessarily a a a smart assumption i I think starling Marte is probably going to be the same guy when he comes back yeah you could argue that d gordon was has been worse since the pd suspension I mean, he, he actually—he was bad. Still out on that. His He's, batting average was low last year, but yeah. I think that's also like he had a three fourteen BABIP. He was pretty much the same guy. Yeah, and he's off to a hot start this year. Yeah. So. Okay. He and he was actually, in case you're curious, D. Gordon was actually slightly better after the suspension than yeah. he was before the suspension. He played about a month last year. I, I just mean in 2016 alone, D. Gordon was was slightly—he was bad all year as a hitter. Stole bases, but did not hit well. But he was slightly better. Uh, with a 642 OPS after the suspension compared to 629 before. All right, yeah. so who should we replace Starling Marte with? Let me start quickly with the Pirates situation um, because Adam Frazier is 10% owned. He's been batting leadoff when, you know, when Polanco's been out. He's he's uh, middle infield eligible, by the way, and outfield eligible. Um, and he's not that good, but he's, I don't know, he's not terrible, Adam Frazier, no. right? I mean, particularly if he's batting leadoff, and it seems whenever he's been in the lineup, which has been a lot already because of injuries and whatnot, they've had him leadoff. He reminds me a little, I, I think, of Brock Holt. Uh, and remember, what, two years ago, Brock Holt played enough and had enough Babbitt success that he was useful in fantasy, despite not offering much in home runs or stolen bases. So I would say Frazier, you know, he's no substitute for Marte. But he deserves to be owned in more than ten percent of leagues. I think I view him kind of like a uh, like a left-handed Josh Harrison. Actually, Heath and I were talking about that before the 
before the show. And I think that's a kind of realistic comp for him. He, in the minors, he was certainly willing to run. Uh, he attempted 85 stolen ba- steals in 350 minor league games. He was caught 38 times on those 85. So he, I don't know if he's any good at stealing bases, but he's certainly willing. Okay. If you need steals, we'll do, we'll do Marte replacements if you need steals and Marte replacements if you just need an outfielder in a points yep. league. If you need steals, I'm going to look at guys. Let's start with uh, 65% owned or less. Ender Enciarte, Jacoby Ellsbury. I can't really say Byron Buxton's going to give you steals. Um, Brett Gardner, 46% owned. He has five steals. Gerard yeah. Dyson, 45% owned. Gardner seems to be the one, the leader of the, of the pack right, right now. Now there's a player owned in less than even 50% of leagues who I like even more than Gardner, but he doesn't play the same position. And that's Brandon Phillips, who, as little as he strikes out, he's a pretty safe source of batting average, which is the other thing you're looking to replace in Marte. And he just already has, what, four steals? Um, so he looks like he's running a lot more this year and he's certainly been a capable base stealer in the past. He does have four steals and, and Phillips has not been caught. Okay, so you could look at Brandon Phillips. He's not an outfielder, as Scott mentioned, but could work for you. Um, Austin Meadows is Pittsburgh's prospect. They don't appear that close to calling him up. Yeah, he hasn't hit a triple A yet, so between this year and last year hasn't hit there. Cameron Mabin is 23% owned. We're looking a little deeper here. If there's an injury in, into Calhoun or, or no, I don't even want to say the other outfielder's name in, in Los Angeles or Cameron Mabin, Ben Revere would be a must add for you out there. And he's been playing a little more lately, hasn't he? I think they've been spelling the other three every now and then, but I don't okay. think it's anything regular enough to, to get excited about. Uh, are there any names I'm, I'm forgetting here? He started three games in a row for what it's worth. Who revered it? Yeah. Including yesterday? Uh, not yesterday, sorry. Okay. Okay. If you want, uh, if you're thinking in terms of like a prospect who could maybe come close to matching Marte's production, if you're lucky enough that he's called up sooner than later, I think, uh, Bradley Zimmer of the Indians or, uh, Lewis Brinson of the Brewers would be better choices to pick up than Austin Meadows. It's just, it's really hard to to say where or when Lewis Brinson's going to play in Milwaukee. Yeah. All right, and if you just want an impact outfielder, what do you think about Corey Dickerson, 52% owned? Yep. I He would be at the top of the list for me. Well, not, maybe not at the very top. He would be among the top options. Uh, Matt Holliday, I think, is 61% owned. He's 60, he would yeah. probably be even above Dickerson. What about Avi Garcia, guys? Uh, yeah, so he's one of the guys I'm going to ask you if you're changing your mind on. Garcia is 57% owned now. That's up 3% from yesterday. He homered at the Yankees. He's batting 440 with three walks, 12 strikeouts, no. three home runs. Lost about 15 Look, pounds since last year. Best shape of his life, Avi Garcia. Fly balls are up. Strikeouts are down. Yeah, and the GM said maybe that he, he thought maybe that weight loss was allowing him to um, maximize the torque of his swing. You know, I don't know. I'm still highly skeptical, but I feel like if you lost Marte, you need to throw a Hail Mary out there. And I think Avisel Garcia is uh, looking like a higher percentage Hail Mary than some of them. Sure. You you need to be the guy who takes the chance on that, I think. (laughs) Well, okay, Chris, would you rather take a shot? And this is irrelevant for anybody here, not just Marte owners. Would you rather take a shot on Avi Garcia or Corey Dickerson 
Or Corey Dickerson for sure. Or Michael Conforto. Corey Dickerson out of that group. I think Conforto is the best player, but I just don't see any reason to believe he's going to get regular playing time. Okay. He did lead off yesterday, got the start. Doesn't mean it'll happen today. Uh, all right, so that'll conclude our Starling Marte discussion. Which oh, closed... one other name I wanted to yeah, throw out. Go ahead, there. go ahead. Just again, in the idea of you need a Hail Mary, Shinsu Chu, who's shown some signs of heating up lately and obviously has a track record of average and steal sometimes. Yeah, I don't think you, it's been a while since he's stolen bases, right? It's been, yeah, a couple years. A lot of injuries. Uh, again, it's a Hail Mary, but at yeah, least. Yeah, he there's... hasn't had more than six since 2013, but as an overall contributor, he can be useful. Maybe you make a buy low play on, uh, David Dahl. Gerardo Parra sure. sat against lefties. Yeah. They don't, they don't appear um, attached to any outfielder there. And I think, I think Ian Desmond is still a buy low candidate. Okay. Yeah. Alright, cool. Um, which closer do we like in Washington? Which reliever do we like? I would, Sean Kelly. Yeah, I would guess Sean Kelly's the first guy up. Sean Kelly or Matt Bush, if you had your choice? Bush, because it's already been declared, first of all. And, um, seems to have less competition. I think even if Kelly gets the job, and look, he's the best reliever in the bullpen, I think he'll do fine in the job, but, the Nationals' aspirations as a team and their uh, reluctance to name him the closer in the first place. Like, I don't think he has the job all season. I think they trade for a closer eventually if it comes to that. Okay. Kelly, would you drop, uh, let's, would you drop Camber Drosian for Sean Kelly? No. No. Okay. Would you drop an A's closer for Sean Kelly? Yes. yes. Would you drop Camber Drosian for Matt Bush? No. No. All right, all right. Oh, look at it. We're on the same page today. <laughs> all right. So yeah, Dusty Baker is going to, looks like he's going to make a change, but we don't know anything for sure. We don't even know who it'll be. We do know that neither Glover nor Kelly pitched before Trinan yesterday. Trinan got into trouble and they brought Sean Kelly in. And over the last two years, Kelly has a 255 ERA and a .99 whip with uh, 11.8 strikeouts per nine. So he's been very good. <laughs> Jay Reese Familia is set to return on Thursday. He could apparently be eased back into the closer's role, but that's going to be his job. Uh, Joe Ross, 72% owned, is going to start today at Atlanta. Would you rather own Joe Ross or Luis Severino? Severino. Back-to-back um, double-digit strikeout efforts for a pitcher with his upside. That is must-own. Can I have both? <laughs> sure. Like how, how, there's gotta be like someone who owns Adam Wainwright who can just pick up both and drop Adam Wainwright or something, right? Would you rather have yeah. Joe Ross, Luis Severino, or Alex Cobb? Uh, both Severino and Ross. I would slot Cobb between the two. And look, I want all three also, but sometimes you have tough choices to make. <laughs> I think I'm probably <laughs> higher on Joe Ross than you. Yeah. Um, Sounds like it. I I do think he has top twenty upside. Ooh. I really I really think he could be a borderline ace. You think he can? He'll miss enough bats for that? I think he has the potential to. Yeah. Um, the swinging strike rate both years has been above eleven percent. I think that's a really good rate. Obviously the the slider has plus pitch potential, and you know he he's been right around eight strikeouts per nine in his career so far. He's been about an average strikeout pitcher, but I think there's more room to grow there. All right, we got another big news item here. Seth Smith, fantasy stalwart. Seth Smith may go on the DL with a hamstring strain. Does that mean 
It's Trey Mancini time in Baltimore. Woo, woo, woo. Trey Mancini sirens. What do you think? It, I'd be like, it'd be ridiculous if it wasn't. I don't know how they could pass him over for somebody else. Well, this is exciting. Eh, yeah. All right. I'm, try, I'm trying to get excited. Like he's, he's not high on my list of Starling Marte replacements. I'll put it that way. But, um, I mean, I, I'm interested in him getting a chance. He, he, Showed good power in the minors and, uh. Isn't it sort of likely that Hyunsoo Kim steps in as the lefty bat for them in the outfield? He's already been playing left field. Yeah, but not, not every day. He's only got 18 play right, appearances but he's this season. Been playing alongside Seth Smith. Okay. I and don't, I don't know that it changes his role at all. And, and look, I think the way Trey Mancini's been performing, I think it's only a matter of time before he overtook Kim anyway. Okay, yeah, let's let's do it, Trey Mancini. So if that's you're looking for an AM in a deeper league, Trey Mancini, I don't even know what his ownership is, but it's not high. Uh go ahead and, and maybe take a shot and see what happens. Uh let's talk about yesterday's standout. So if I could pour a little cold water on, on Severino, who went eight innings, gave up a three run homer, and no by the way, how about this? The White Sox did not leave a runner on base yesterday. They had barely any hits. I don't think they drew a walk, and Garcia drove everyone in with that three-run homer. They had two solo, they had two home runs, a three-run shot, and a, four, and a solo shot. They did the not. Strand leave. rate's terrible, then, is what you're saying. Yeah, 57% strand rate. Oof. Oof. Uh, just, that just is a weird stat. First time in in a long time that's happened. Uh, it was a weird game. But yeah, look, Severino. The Yankees have they, they had won eight in a row. They were beaten up on bad teams. Uh, they, they beat the Rays, they beat the Cardinals who have been slumping, and now the White Sox. And Severino's last two starts were against Tampa Bay and Chicago. I still worry about the Arsenal. I don't know if you have the data. I don't think he threw many change-ups yesterday, but he does Only look- Only nine of them, I believe. He, he does look a lot better. A lot better than he did last year. The slider's better. There's- He's throwing like 97, 98 in the, in the eighth inning, and striking guys out with it. So, definitely yeah. want to own him. I just- I'm not sure what the future holds for Severino. What do you guys think? I don't know what the future holds for him either. He wouldn't be the first young pitcher with upside to put together back-to-back brilliant starts and then, you know, come back down to earth. But like, this is the time you have to buy into him. Yeah, but who? Like, who is going to be a breakout? You know, who are you dropping? Are you dropping Amir Garrett to pick? Well, I mean, he's not even that available at this point. Yeah, I mean, Severino has been more impressive than Garrett, and I believe he has more upside to begin with. What about Andrew Triggs? 52% owned. What the heck? How is he doing this? I watched a pretty good chunk of the game. Look, he's got a lot of movement on his pitches, but he hasn't given up an earned run in 17 and two-thirds. And by the way, remember that stat? James Paxton, first pitcher since, well, no, since Zimmerman last year, but like what, the eighth pitcher since 1900 to start the season with three straight starts of six innings or more scoreless. Well, Triggs is... One third of an inning away from that. He, he's 17 and two thirds scoreless innings so far, but only four walks, nine strikeouts. Um, what do you make of this? 52% owned. Your thoughts on Andrew Triggs, Chris Towers. Uh, I, I don't believe he can keep this up, but the, uh, the ground ball rate is a nice sign when you're pitching in Oakland. You're not going to allow very many home runs and that's always a, uh, a good sign, especially for someone with good control like him. I just, I have trouble buying in on a low strikeout guy. If he can start striking more batters out, then I think he's interesting. But right now, he's just a head-to-head SPARP option for me. He has kind of the wacky delivery thing going for him, which... 
you know, a lot of times that will, uh, that will collapse. You know, that'll, right, right, we'll figure that out. right, right. The gimmick. But, you know, sometimes they don't. So, I don't know. He's interesting. Would you rather own Andrew, uh, uh, Andrew Triggs, that's his name, or, uh, Jason Vargas? I'd rather Triggs. own Triggs. I mean, Vargas is pretty well established as a mediocre pitcher, right? Yeah. Would you rather own Triggs or Jimmy Nelson, whose manager said he pitched better than the line would indicate? I don't know if he saw the two, like, monster home runs he gave up, but, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Nelson or Andrew Triggs at this point. And let's say no Sparp, just, just a starting pitcher. Triggs. Uh, yeah, I guess I would go with Triggs. Okay. Triggs are for kids or Brandon McCarthy? Triggs. Sure. Say uh, Triggs are for kids? Silly rabbit. Okay, well, it's fine. I'll say it. Um, moving on to Sen Juan. Oh no! He nearly <laughs> blew it yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying too hard today. Um, three hits in one <laughs> inning. He left the bases loaded. I turned it on and the bases were already loaded. I think there was a bad defensive play behind him. The, the announcers were talking about it. He also made a bad throw on a comebacker that could have been a game ending double play. It didn't end up mattering. But Matt Bowman, Going back to last year, has 17 and a third scoreless innings. Matt Bowman for the Cardinals. And Trevor Rosenthal hasn't walked a batter with five strikeouts and two and a third. So it seems like there might be some options. But do you think we should be worried about this? And he didn't give up a run. He got saved, but he pitched out of a bases loaded jam. Should we be yeah. worried about this if we're a San Juan just, owner? Just the second time he hasn't given up a run. Well, Chris was the one who yesterday seemed the most confident in O'Still. And Chris is also the one who usually points out these things being... The thing being that O's velocity is down two miles per hour here in the early going. No. So that, uh. Not according to pitch effects, it's down about half a mile per hour. Brooks baseball? No, fan graphs. Oh, okay. Well, there we go again. <laughs> Conflicting data sources. Always uh. makes analysis so much more interesting and compelling. Um. What are you doing? Well, let me double, with check, this let me double check on my data source to make sure I just I didn't just uh, write it down wrong. Well, what are you doing with this situation? Are you worried about? Oh, are you picking up somebody just in case? Tell me. Um, I mean, I don't know that there's a clear enough replacement, or really even a good enough replacement in the Cardinals bullpen that uh, I'm picking anyone up there. But certainly, I'm in on the Bush. Sweepstakes on the Kelly sweepstakes. Well, you're drop, you're dropping O for them, or you're... no, 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 no. Yeah. Just if I need to insure him. Yeah, my thing is like I know Trevor Rosenthal's throwing hard, but there, there's a reason he lost this job last year, and there's a reason nobody really uh, shed any tears about him losing the job. Bowman has good control, great ground ball rate, but doesn't look like an elite closer option to me. So I still think Sengwano is the best pitcher there. So, yeah, according to Brooks Baseball, average fastball velocity last year for O was 93.5. This year yeah. is 92, which is more like a mile per hour and a half. But then you factor in the adjustment we're making for all pictures, even a mile per hour less. Um, and, it, it, you know, I'll say it's about two. All right. Um, it's it's concerning, whatever it is. All right, so keep an eye on Senwano. And let me give you a bunch of guys. Do you tell me, are you changing your mind on the following players? Let's start with 
you, Darvish, who has so far in only 24 and two-thirds innings, a career-low strikeout percentage, which is still a good one but not a great one, career-low swinging strike percentage, career-high walk percentage, and a career-high – uh, what, what the heck is, what did I write in my notes? Career high something bad. It's strike percentage, so it's, uh, actually career low. He's, he's, it's so early, but the amount of strikes, percentage of th- strikes he's throwing a career low, but, um, are, how are you changing your mind at all on you, Darvish, or do you still value him as an ace? I value him as an ace. I'm, you know, if those trends continue, obviously it'll have to be something I look closer at, but it is very early. Agree? Yeah, Chris, agree? I, I haven't changed my mind on him yet. All right, Darvish is Darvish is fine. Darvish or Carrasco? Darvish. I'm still going Darvish. Darvish or Degrom? Degrom. Javi. Yeah, I think so. I think Degrom. All right. Are you changing your mind on Jonathan VR, who has uh five walks, twenty three strikeouts, and is batting one thirty three? His strikeout rate, I think, is is it's it's Byron Buxtony. It's I bad. believe. I think it's like almost forty percent now. That's um, not a great sign. I'm not, and, and you know, obviously Chris was one of those who didn't want anything to do with VR coming into the year, right? Am I characterizing? I wasn't that right? drafting him where he was going. Yeah, um, and I was a little more willing to. I don't have a lot of shares in him. It's concerning. Yeah, there are reasons to be concerned coming in, and and I think they're only amplified now. But I'm not. I'm not pulling the plug just yet. VR right now is the number 16 shortstop in points leagues, number 14 in Roto, which isn't bad considering he's batting 133. You know, it's not like he's in the 30s. Also, he entered yesterday's game 0 for 13 against lefties. Last year, VR batted 309 and slugged 545 against lefties. And he was solid against lefties in 2015 as well. So... I'd like I'd like to think that for VR that's going to change and he can do a lot of damage against lefties. He's just he's just not hitting them right now. He's he's getting a little bit of bad luck too. Uh, 147 Babbitt, that's going to turn around. He's still hitting for power. He's still stealing bases. Uh, the strikeout rate's concerning, but not so much that I've changed my view of him. Francisco Lindor is oh well, Seager. Seager's been very good, but Lindor I think is the only one who's like really having a big year. Uh, shortstop's been terrible. Correa hasn't been good, and he's missed two straight games. By the way, Alex Bregman is two appearances away from shortstop eligibility. Yeah, please, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> uh, Peraza we're going to talk about in a bit, but VR's been bad. Story's been bad. Aledmus Diaz is ice cold. Xander Bogarts isn't hitting for power. It's just bad start for shortstops right now. Yeah, the top five looks kind of ridiculous at that position. Yeah, because all the all the expected sources and but you know I I went through this exercise yesterday. It was a column that never ended up coming to fruition because of the Starling Marte news. Uh, but I was looking at the top sixes around the infield, the top twelve at the outfield, and my takeaway was basically if you if you feel like your team is bad right now, it very well may not be because nothing looks quite as we expect it to. Still, uh, two and a half weeks. Well, yeah, like that's something I've noted so far is that like my zero ace, zero starting pitcher strategy has actually worked out okay. I've hit on some pretty good pitchers and all of my hitters suck. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's kind of the the point where I'm like, I need to just tell myself it's going to be okay. Miguel Cabrera hit a 450 foot home run yesterday. 
things are going to be fine. Oh, he clobbered that ball. Uh, yeah. Have you changed your mind on Kevin Gossman, who is 94% owned? Do you still think Kevin Gossman is a must-own starting pitcher? Okay, so I don't know what the heck is going on with Kevin Gossman. He introduced a new breaking ball. He basically ditched his uh older, slower curveball, which wasn't a great pitch for him to begin with. He developed a slider, which he throws about 85 miles per hour. He's just not throwing his splitter. I think he threw it eight times last night. What? That's like uh, your favorite pitch in base. You, Kevin Gosman's splitter is like your favorite pitch. It's a great pitch. It's like a plus pitch. <laughs> he threw it about 20% of the time, and in the second half of the season, it was much higher than that. I think he was uh, getting into the the 30% range uh, in the second half of the season a lot of the times. And <laughs> I thought that was a great sign for him because it's his best pitch, and you should throw your best pitch as often as you can. Um, he's not, <laughs> and and that's kind of that's a thing where where I'm like, well, if he just starts throwing his good pitch again, he'll be good, right? Like does that doesn't doesn't that? So you're willing it's to wait? It's a little overly simplistic, but like that's almost like a, a a silver lining on that gray cloud is that like he's just kind of not pitching right. You're willing Get to Roger wait McDowell for, on the phone. For, uh, Call him up, Chris. <laughs> Uh, you're you're gonna you're holding on Kevin Gosman. You're not dropping him. I'm not starting him anymore. But yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll hang on to him for now. All right. Have you changed your mind on Victor Martinez as uh, I don't know so, as someone who's good? He's batting 205 with no extra base hits. <laughs> He's certainly at the age where like this could be the end. Yeah. In a points league, I mean, a, a shallow roster league, I might have to make consider making other use of that roster spot, but deeper leagues, no. I mean, look, he's someone that you were able to draft Pretty with late. your with your last pick yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how valuable a DH-only 38-year-old is. Uh, if he gets off to a slow start, I think it's fine to drop him. Okay, that is uh, Victor Martinez. Have you changed your mind at all on Andrew Benintendi? And I mean it in this regard. Last year, I kind of felt like Benintendi, he, well, he was. He was a points league specialist or any league that sort of counts extra base hits and walks because he didn't homer, he didn't steal bases, he hit a lot of doubles last year, uh, 11 doubles in 34 games. Right now, Benintendi has one home run and one steal. He is batting 321, but is Andrew Benintendi going to be an overrated player in rotisserie leagues? What? Well, uh, like, the guy's hitting 321. Why are you like asking of it? Uh, you're asking us if Andrew Benintendi sucks. Uh, yeah. Is that what, is that what I said? I said, is he going to be overrated in rotisserie leagues? In no sense that I say, does Andrew Benintendi yeah, suck? But that's, yeah, it's kind of the, it's kind of the implication. No, here. Like, it's, he's it's the categories. Start, he struck out in less than 10% of his at-bats. As a rookie, yeah, six strikeouts and 56 yeah, at-bats as a rookie. He's gonna be like a, a, batting title contender, I think. Like guys, he's, if he doesn't steal bases or hit home runs, he's going to be one of those guys that's better in points leagues than Roto, and, and maybe significantly better. Um, If, but it's, like, I think the biggest hurdle for any player just breaking into the majors is competence, and Ben Intendi is showing well more than competence now, so, like, Let's give him some time to, to to work his way into those other contributions. Right. If he if he had two home runs and two steals at this point, would we be asking that question? It's like it, it it's one away. It's also a continuation from last year. I just want to know what kind of player he's going to be. If if Benintendi is going to be a doubles hitter that doesn't steal bases, 
then I'm telling you he's more valuable in points leagues or or yeah. any league that, ca- well, that counts it, extra base hits and not just home runs. Sure, if but that's he's, the case. But like he's still going to be a must start guy, I think. And that's I but don't I, know. I'm, I'm just not willing to speculate that far ahead if, for like, a talent well, of this caliber. Well, well, let me ask. Adam Eaton is someone that you would say is better in points than yes, Roto, right? Yes, much better. Much. You're still starting him across the board in Roto. Uh, but look, last night I was trying to make some trades, and I thought about offering up in our five outfielder Roto League, I thought about offering up Benintendi for Jose Bautista. I don't know. Like, I've got to look at my team and decide what's more important, power or batting average, because the difference in batting average is going to be huge. But I was drafting Bautista earlier. Bautista's walking a lot, so I still I feel still think he's going to be all right. I still think he's going to, you know, come out of this. And he could hit 20 more home runs than Andrew Benintendi and drive in a lot more runs. So, I don't know. I thought about it. I, I didn't do it, but... well. Okay, I mean, I I don't think that would be a crazy trade, but like, I can't, I can't take the perspective of what I'm seeing Andrew Benintendi do doing right now. It's discouraging to me. No, I just can't, no, I, I can't make that leap. That and I didn't really mean it like that. I just because I still think, he, of course, he's a must start. But if you evaluate a guy like Andrew Benintendi and you think, all right, he's he's going to be a little overrated in a standard five by five roto league that doesn't count OBP, it counts batting average, which is still good. But he's a he's a guy we expect to draw walks. Um, then maybe you can flip him for an even better player. Like, would you trade Andrew Benintendi for Carlos Gonzalez right now? Sure, okay. but that's not necessarily like I. I had Carlos Gonzalez like forty fifty spots ahead of Andrew Benintendi, and I was the high guy in Andrew Benintendi. All right. Would you trade? Yeah, I don't. I, for, I don't want to. Well, go well let me let me give that, you but. a a similar example, Adam. Um, you know, I'm kind of re- relying on memory with this, but April last year, Corey Seager's power was mostly showing his doubles, and he wasn't a guy who, despite his pedigree, he wasn't a player who hit a lot of home runs in the minors either. So you could have made the same case for Corey Seager last April. And you would have been dead wrong. Okay. Well, you project more power than and more home runs from. Well, and he. Ben you and also Teddy. have to take into account that he's on pace for 90 runs and 100 RBI right now. All right. Do you project how many home runs do you think Andrew Benintendi will hit? I. I think as he's a 15-15 rookie, 15 guy. What was that? I think he's a 15-15 guy. As a rookie, yeah, I would say between 12 and 15. I think he has the upside for more further. Yeah, I mean career. he's he's got a forty percent fly ball rate right now, so it's not it doesn't take a lot of projection to get him to twenty home runs just with how often he hits the ball in the air. All right, and I'm going to come back to this. Are you changing your mind? Segment in just a second, but it's important for me to tell you all about ZipRecruiter. Anyone who's hiring or will be hiring in the future, we've got a great way for you to find the perfect hire for free. Post your job to one hundred plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, for free. ZipRecruiter, how do you do it for free? By going to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You post your job on ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You can find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in. 
You can quickly screen candidates, rate them, and quickly hire the right people. It's a great tool for anyone who's hiring. A lot of companies, including medium and small size businesses, are using ZipRecruiter. If you go on the website, you'll see why. And our listeners can do this for free. You can post your jobs on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike for this free, great offer. You're going to really like it, people. Give it a shot. Uh, tell me, are you changing your mind on any of these guys who are still pretty available? Mitch Moreland hit his 10th double yesterday, and he drove in three runs. David Freeze is off to a very good start, and Chase Headley is now 44% owned. He's actually the most owned of the three. Moreland, David Freeze, and Chase Headley. Headley right now a top five third baseman batting 395 with three steals. How about this 10 walks, nine strikeouts for Headley? Have you changed your mind at all on Moreland, Freeze, and Headley? No, not really. I have I have moved all three up a little in my rankings, but they were so far down. Like there's a lot of room to maneuver in that range. I would if I am picking them up anywhere, it's strictly as a hot hand play, and I'm not counting on them rest of season. Yeah, I, I don't think I've changed my mind on any of them. I thought Mitch Moreland could be an interesting option uh, coming into the season, batting where he was in that lineup, but he's also still having just like a really weird season. He keeps hitting doubles. I think he had. A ball that was hit 420 feet the other day that was a double. Because <laughs> I think it bounced like right off the top of the wall. <laughs> He's having a very odd start to the season. And I think they've still only faced one left-handed pitcher. So he started. will sit more eventually. Oh, they faced two. Uh, and he started against both. So I don't know. Chris, how you doing over there? You all right, bud? Great. Great. Just, uh, just great. Should I share with the audience what I shared with you this morning about why I was delayed? Oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure we've all dealt with this problem. The the hazards of working at home. Uh yeah, I was a little late to the podcast today because I had to uh great way to start the morning, clean up some some cat vomit. She was uh just I was doing my doing my notes finishing up and right behind me I hear <clears throat> you know this I don't want to do that. It was absolutely yeah. disgusting. So Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I pick the cat up and hold it over the trash can when that starts. I Are you woke serious? up uh I woke up yeah. super early. I got to work at like eight twenty today, uh, because my cat decided to wake me up at six thirty in the morning and uh, I couldn't get back to sleep. So, you know. It's great. You're not up at six thirty in the morning? Oh god no. He gets up at like seven thirty. I don't I don't know how he does it. <laughs> like I, I get up at six and like I'm in a mad dash to get here with like things halfway completed. Yeah. Um, at, you know, by nine ten, which is ten minutes later than you want me here, and uh, Chris just rolls out of bed and you know cruises into work. Look, I, I, I have very busy mornings. I, I eat breakfast. I do my hair. <laughs> I wash the. I, I, I take the dog for a walk. Uh, I, yeah. I accomplish a lot in that forty minutes between when I wake up and when I leave. But the real question is, what do you look like, Chris? And one of our emailers, Tim, Tim from Mount Vernon, Washington State said, uh, you read an email the other day from a listener who found photos of you all and was disappointed to discover what you actually look like. Since I don't know what any of you actually look like, here are four photos of how I imagine you look based on listening to the show for the past two months. Oh, gosh. You didn't see this? No. I, obviously, I can't share the photos with the listeners because, you know, it's it's audio. But But if you know what these people look like, he did unbelievably well to the point where, like, I can't believe that he doesn't actually know what we look like. Um, he thinks that I look like a young Adam Horowitz, who's Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. 
Uh, he thinks Chris looks like a smug Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that, Scott. See, like all the other ones aren't that mean, and then that one's really mean, and I'm gonna fight this person now. Oh man, um, Scott. But you're gonna do it without talking because you're Mr. Bean. Scott looks like a young David Hyde Pierce, uh, Niles Crane of the TV show Frasier. And Heath looks exactly like singer-songwriter Damien uh, Gerardo, Gerardo. I'd never heard of that guy. I've never heard of that person either. But if you go to the email that, that Tim sent, like, he kind of nailed it. It's really weird. So good <laughs> for you. Um, other important emails and tweets. Uh, from Chris, who is the next upcoming stud I need to own that's under 50% owned? Uh, I mean, he, he lists th- – there's a list of guys here. Jorge, that's, that's, Jorge my, that's, that's my list. One. That's my list. I think it's a good list. Jorge Soler is probably my favorite on this list. Okay, here, I'll um, read the list then. <laughs> these are these images are. Uh, it's funny, right? Like he nailed especially it. especially you and me. I feel like yeah, they're very funny. <laughs> they. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's good, not far off. Good work, Tim. I look like some. I look like every other Jewish guy. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do kind of look like Ad Rock, though. Yeah, I do. I guess I never realized it, but yeah. Um. So the the list I came up with with the guys who are under fifty percent owned that could be a, could be a stud, Yuli Gurriel, Trey Mancini, Jung Ho Gong, Michael Conforto, Jorge Soler, Bradley Zimmer, Jerickson Profar, Jimmy Nelson. It was the only pitcher I put on here. I'm sure I'm missing a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, of that group, that could be a Soler is probably the one I'm most likely to own. Yeah, it was a tough it was a tough list. I definitely think Michael would... Conforto could be a stud. Yeah, Conforto's probably the most owned for no. me of that group. All oh, it takes oh, is one injury or, you know, a lengthy Curtis Granderson slump or a trade, still a possibility. Mm-hmm. And he's in and very likely a stud. Yeah, I, I think he would be a stud if he got an everyday job. I just, I don't trust the Mets to do the right thing here. Alright, so we got about eight minutes before I want to spend the rest of the show on, on grade the trade. And I do, <laughs> I do want to read a tweet that I think is going to set Scott off. And oh, that no. is the tweet about why wouldn't you just tell your league that Rizzo is not eligible at second base? Problem solved. Let's. <laughs> oh see. yeah, I was, I was mixing it up with this guy on Twitter. I know. Let, let's see if we have time for it. But I want to talk about a few other baseball things real quick, right? Billy Hamilton and Jose Peraza, the importance of steals. Billy Hamilton and Jose Peraza are basically not hitting. Their slugging percentage is a joke. They're both hitting, they're both slugging 302 and 309. Hamilton 309, Peraza 302. They're hitting around 250. They're on base percentages around 287. Hamilton and Peraza are having almost exactly the same season right now. Um, and, uh, what was my point? Oh yeah, my point is they, they lead baseball with six steals. And their walk-to-strikeout ratio is fine. In fact, Peraza has one walk, two strikeouts. Hamilton, three walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, what I wanted to do was, since they bat leadoff, if you take their production right now, and Peraza, by the way, is the number seven shortstop in fantasy, if you take their production right now, based on per plate appearance, and you give them 600 plate appearances, Billy Hamilton, based on last year, you give, give him 600 plate appearances, He'd be the number 18 outfielder in points leagues and probably a little better in Roto. Uh, Peraza would be the number eight shortstop based on last year. That's with 600 plate appearances. Give him 650. You're talking, which is very realistic. Yeah. You're talking about the number five shortstop based on last year and the number eight outfielder based on last year. 
So Hamilton and Peraza, just by leading the league in steals with six right now apiece, I think are doing really I well. I saw this morning they both have more steals than 17 of the 30 major league teams. <laughs> individually. Each individually has yeah. more steals. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I think in terms of trade targets for Marte owners, Peraza's pretty high on the list just because he is hitting 240 right now. I still have a lot of confidence he is going to be a good source of batting average. You said it yourself. I mean, as fast as he is, the fact he has only two strikeouts with all the at-bats he's gotten. He does have maybe the highest soft contact percentage I've ever seen at 37%. <laughs> Last year or this year? This year. Which, uh, it's I mean, early. Makes sense, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think both him and Hamilton are actually having the seasons that we would have hoped for uh, from them because they've both dramatically cut their strikeout rates. They've both, um, you know, I, I, Peraza's had a little worse luck with Babbitt, but, you know, Hamilton is at 286. He's probably Babbitt. closer to like a 300, 320 Babip guy. I think you could view both of them as buy low guys. Okay, yeah, and, and like like they're doing fine, but people it might be perceived as they're not because the batting average is so low. And I, I'm just proving to you right now that even if they don't hit for a high batting average, if they stay in the lineup, get a bunch of plate appearances, and steal a lot of bases, Billy Hamilton and Jose Peraza are going to have good fantasy years. All right, yeah. let me fly through the rest of it here. Buster Posey's back. Xander Bogarts led off yesterday, but Dustin Pedroia was just resting. Jackie Bradley could be back on Friday. Matt Carpenter and and uh, Carlos Correa remain day-to-day. Eric Thames hit two doubles. Nolan Arenado said, yeah, take that. I hit two home runs. Her- <laughs> Gerardo Parra sat against a lefty. Adrian Gonzalez and Jack Peterson started against a lefty. Hooray. Uh, Clay Buckholtz is likely out for the season. Zach Eflin, or Efron, if you want to make him extremely good-looking, was called up, and he started yesterday, and it didn't go. It was actually okay, but he's very, very NL only. Uh, Wei-Yin Chen was pulled after seven innings, 100 pitches, and had a no-hitter intact. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm surprised they let him go to seven. That's that's not the Marlins' way. He's, Marlins pulled someone with a no-hitter it was in the Con- fifth It was Conley, year. wasn't it? What? Was it Conley? Might have been. It was over the weekend. He was like five innings, and they were just like, "He's done." We're I'm pretty sure it was, and 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 also like that same day or that same weekend it happened to Sean Mania. Five innings, five walks, no uh, no hits, and a ton of pitches. So this is. Three I think pitchers. Chatwood got pulled with a no hitter in the seventh that same day. Oh wow, it's happening a lot now. Uh, pitch pitch count, uh, and the decisions were probably the right ones. Howie Kendricks on the DL with an abdominal strain. Logan Forsyth day to day, right toe contusion, hamstring injury. Justin Upton, x-rays were negative on his forearm. He has a contusion. Still no timetable for Carlos Rodon. J.D. Martinez is nearing a rehab assignment. Aaron Sanchez had a portion of his fingernail removed. Uh, Jorge Soler had a setback in his recovery as he recovers from the oblique injury. Uh, David Wright will begin baseball activity soon. And, man, Jose Reyes has not done anything to keep that job. In fact, he committed a game game-costing error yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Turner will not come off the DL when he's first eligible, but it doesn't seem like it'll be much longer. He and Segura, you could definitely have both Turner and Segura back for Fantasy Week 4. And the great Marcelo Zuna was robbed of a three-run home run yesterday. Yes, he was. Yeah. So he's off to a really good start. Did you um, did you see the David Price thing? No. I thought it was worth discussing. He's slowing down his uh, 
his progress. I, I think it doesn't sound like it was like a setback. I think it was more like he did a lot of work last week, so they're kind of pulling off the gas pedal this week. He's just throwing off flat ground for the next couple of days, so just worth uh, worth acknowledging that. Okay. And uh, let's talk about some pitchers. Marcus Stroman got clobbered yesterday. Do we care? Um, It'll happen. I I have been getting the sense from this podcast that he's a little – he's considered – starting to be considered a little more reliable than he actually is. I think we do like – Chris and I very much like Marcus Stroman. But I I will say that this kind of game is – very much within the realm of possibility for someone who relies as much on his defense as Marcus Stroman does. I had hoped, based on the way his second half went, that he was becoming more of a strikeout pitcher, but that's that hasn't played out at all in the early going here. Yeah. Well, we argued about that on <laughs> last week's podcast when you weren't here, so I'll move on okay. uh, to these fringy starting pitchers. And, and tell me who you like from this list. We'll start pretty high end and go fairly low end. Luis Severino, Mike Leak. Are we cool dropping Mike Leak now that we've got him for the two-start week, or should we hang on yeah. to him? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. All right. Severino, Mike Leak, Zach Wheeler, Joe Musgrove, uh, yeah. Shelby Miller, Hyunjin Ryu, Mike Fultonevich, Jason Hamill, Jimmy Nelson. I think – well, uh, did you mention Severino? Yeah, he's, he's in the notes. Severino is the clear winner here. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, but I think the one who needs to be the second most owned of this group is, uh, and I'm pretty sure Chris will agree with this, yeah, Shelby Miller. Say it. Shelby Miller. Yeah, I mean, I'm it already... was the Padres last night, but seven, sure. seven and a but third, one run. He was throwing 99 miles per hour, and his first two starts were, were decent. He didn't go the minimum required for a quality start, but they were encouraging after the year he just had. And, you know, 99 miles per hour, he doesn't, he still doesn't have the strikeout rate that you'd expect for a pitcher to throw that hard and the walks are, you know, he, he's probably not going to be a low whip guy. All the same issues he had before last year's collapse are still there, but, you know, relative to Ground our expectations coming into the year, that's going to make him, you know, even though he was slightly underwhelming at the first few years of his career, he was still basically a, you know, a guy who was owned across the board in fantasy and started in more leagues than not. And I think he is getting back to that after an off season sorting out his mechanics. All right. That's Shelby Miller. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to speed you up here so we can read some grade the trade. Uh, is there anyone else that you feel like is, has a, you know, good potential for the rest of the season, not just someone that we're looking at matchups. And that's between Mike Leake, Zach Wheeler, Joe Musgrove, Ryu, Fulton, Hamill, and Jimmy Nelson. Zach Wheeler is by far my favorite of this group he's also the highest owned so that's kind of not super helpful but (laughs) i think he's someone that people might be looking to drop he's only gone i don't think he's gone six innings in any of his starts yeah um and that's always been an issue for him he's always been in inefficient he's always had trouble getting deep into games but i've been somewhat encouraged by what i've seen so far i think the innings thing will be artificially um you know Brought, pulled down even more. Yeah, he's got 120 a limit for the season. Inning right? limit, and he might get 25 starts out of that. Well, so, he's also I, faced the Phillies twice for what it's worth. Okay. I, he probably needs to be owned, but I just, I don't know that you'll ever be comfortable starting him in a one start week yeah. because of the early hooks. That's Zach Wheeler. And then in deeper leagues, Chad Cool, 
I I like Chad Cool. I was wrong about the stat I gave. Scott pointed out. Uh, I gave the stat that he had like a 310 ERA against everyone that wasn't the Cubs last year. It was more like 350, which isn't terrible. Um, Chad Cool, Ricky Nolasco, Wei Yin Chen, Matt Kane, Miguel Gonzalez, who threw 88 pitches in eight and a third. Um, and Matt Andrees. Are you interested in any of these guys? Cool, Nolasco, Chen, Kane, Gonzalez, Andrees. Matt Andrees might be the most interesting of this group. I like cool. Can we call this group cool in the gang? Cool in the gang. I, I just want to mention for Miguel Gonzalez, 16 starts now dating back to last season. He has a 275 ERA. So I have him in AL only league, and I'm happy with him in that context. I don't really see any of this group graduating to mixed league relevance, except maybe Andres because he probably has the best strikeout potential of the yeah. bunch. And obviously in points leagues, he's RP eligible. All right. Let's grade some trades and read some emails at fantasy football. Nope. Fantasy baseball. Excuse me. At CBSI.com. <laughs> Whew. My bad. Uh, Michael O'Reilly. Give Eric Thames and John Lackey. Give Eric Thames and John Lackey. Get Cole Hamels. Mm, I think that's a C minus. He already has Votto and Murphy, so he doesn't need Thames. So he gives Thames and Lackey, and he gets Cole Hamels. Well, you can play Thames uh, in the outfield. You can play Thames at first base. You can play Murphy at second. This is a, so. this is a this is a B minus to me. I like this trade. I'm gonna call it a C. Um, maybe with contextual extra credit, I take it to a C plus. But wow, I I just feel like I don't know. I it's. Some some days I don't really feel I'm not really feeling Hamels as a high end option. Obviously he's good, but I go back and forth on that, just how high high end he is. Uh from Justin, I was offered Marcelo Zuna for Kelvin Herrera. This is a Marte owner, so would you give up Kelvin Herrera for Mar- for Marcelo Zuna? Um, I think that's fine in that context. I think Herrera's safer, but he's a closer, so Okay. I, I certainly think Ozuna has the potential to be a lot more valuable. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how valuable saves are in your league, but at face value, I'll call it a C plus. Yeah, I would say B minus. Matthew from the desert in California. Dear, insert your favorite fast food place here. Whataburger. Scott. Chick Fil A. Taco Bell. The other guy. The other day, you guys talked about Trey Mancini. Would you rather stash Mancini or Byron Buxton? I would rather stash Buxton. Mancini. I would rather stash Buxton. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is from Sam in Columbus. Grade the trade. Ten-team CBS Roto uh, Plus League. I don't know what that means, but I've been offered Eric Thames for my Jose Quintana. I have Cindergaard, Archer, Paxton, and Salazar. I need dongs. Give up Quintana. Get Thames. C minus. I think it's a C. I think it's fine. I, I wouldn't, I don't love it. You have really, you really buy into Eric, Th- which is fine. But Chris, based on what you're saying, well, uh, I mean, not loving the Hamels trade, not loving the, the, uh, Quintana trade, you obviously think Thames is not gonna just completely slump and, uh, which know. is well, funny cause I thought, I felt like his response yesterday during the big Thames discussions were the most guarded. Well, yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's more a, a reflection of, um, a sort of not that enthusiastic view of either Hamels or Quintana. Okay. 
By the way, uh, I speaking of Quintana, another day, another Azer trade rejected. I offered <laughs> somebody put Quintana on the market. I offered Keon Broxton and Alex Cobb. This to the Starling Marte owner, by the way. Keon Broxton and Alex Cobb for Quintana. That was rejected. Of course it was. And then he proposed to me Brandon Drury and Jose Quintana for my AJ Pollock, which I will be rejecting with an expletive in the note that I said. And I do want to point out that my lack of enthusiasm about Jose Quintana is not a reaction to the first three starts. I I just you don't you don't want expensive pitching. Yeah, and I even at this point, I think I just think he's he's good, not great, and I'm not sure you'll miss him all that much. Okay. It's not really expensive when you're giving up. Well, I mean, never mind. Never mind. David and Illinois. No, I, I, I don't think it's a great trade. I just I think it's fine in that context. Grade this trade. Give up Bogarts and Andrew Benintendi. Get Carlos Correa and then pick up Luis Severino. So give up Bogarts and Benintendi, get Carlos Correa, and with the roster spot, get Severino. This is what you really have to do to pull away in those shallow leagues where it seems like everybody has stars at every position. I mean, Severino, if, I assume it's a shallow league just because Severino's still available. Um, so understanding that context, I think anytime you can consolidate two players for a better player, even if it seems like a yeah. modest upgrade. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I don't call know. It a, I'll call it a B-. I don't know, Chris, because I don't know how, in my personal opinion, I'm not sure Correa is that much better than Bogarts, but. Um. I, I think he's, in the best case scenario, I think he's significantly better. Um, but I agree with Scott's reasoning. I'll go B minus as well. Okay, we've got a Mitch Hanniger trade from Ryan in Texas. Give up Hanniger, get Julio Tehran. Ten teams point, ten team points league. Um, B minus. Yeah, it'd be hard for me to turn. Even as much as I love Hanniger, I couldn't pass up that. Hanniger, by the way, uh, broke up broke up a no no yesterday. That Mitch Hanniger, and he didn't strike out. Of course, Wei and Chen struck out nobody, so yeah. <laughs> broke up a team no no, but good for him. Uh from Jerry, head to head categories league. Give up Nolan Arenado and Manuel Margot. Give up Nolan Arenado and Manuel Margot. Get back Manuel. Anthony Rizzo, Jerry's Familia, and Brandon Drury. Um so I guess Yeah, I think that's a B minus, which is my default answer to every single trade today. Um, I'm like halfway in between a C plus and a B minus, like a like an eighty, okay. an eighty grade. Hey, um, if we did grade the trade on Valentine's Day, would they all be B minus? Like B minus? You are trying too hard. <laughs> Chris, just take his headset off and disgust. Yeah. Oh no. Alright, uh we'll finish off then with with Grade the Trade from Jake. I was offered Eric Thames for Charlie Blackman. F <laughs> You're back, Chris? Uh apparently Jake plays in the league with Adam Azer. Yeah, that that's Yeah, you want Blackman. I'll sure. I'll say D minus. That's that's I'll be that's, gentle. That's fighting. Thanks for the emails, everybody. Uh, they are really pouring in, and we appreciate it. And I wish uh, we had—I wish we could read more, but you know, we, we just can't. So, thanks for listening. Back tomorrow with the Wednesday recap and some buy or sell for Scott and Chris. I'm Adam. See you later.